Hello everyone and welcome to Barstool Music Safe Space. Yes, hello, my name is Luke Knowles and you are listening to the brand new podcast that is Safe Space here on the Barstool Music Podcast channel. I say brand new, but it... it I'd say it's kind of a sequel slash reboot slash relaunch um, of a project I started back um, last November during the height of the pandemic where sort of mental health was really being pushed and sort of awareness for those kinds of anxieties and things like that were really, really, really um, sort of needed. Um, so I got together with four great guests. I spoke with Kieran Knowles, Tay Temple, Rhea Parfit from the brilliant Rhea Plays and also the great duo that is In Earnest and we talked all things uh, sort of mental health and the impact music has had on their lives so um seen as it's been a year uh, and I thought the video podcast was a little bit of a pain to edit myself um, as I have a visual impairment by myself so it was really tedious um, I thought I'd do it audio it's quick clean and simple at least I thought it was. No, it, it's it's great doing it this way around. And it's it's just so much fun, again, to kickstart a project that just allows me to get to know these artists that I've discovered over the last two years of doing this whole thing even more and just getting to know what makes them tick, getting to know how they got into music in the first place and just how they managed to dig deep and just create such emotive songs. Um, I've got some great guests lined up to take us just before Christmas. Then we'll be having a slight break over Christmas uh, and then we'll be back in January with even more, hopefully once a week. That is the aim, one a week. We, uh, people who've listened to my stuff before know that I'm not, I'm not the best at time management. But uh, feel free to uh, drop me any messages and give me a kick and say, come on, we need the next one. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, this week on Safe Space for our first episode slash fifth episode, uh, depending on how you want to look at it, um, I am going to be speaking to the brilliant Scottish singer-songwriter that is Jack Hinks, who sounds a little bit like this. And what you're hearing there is his latest single, The Tower, which is actually the fifth and final instalment of his five stages of grief project that I have been following from its very beginning back in 2020. And I thought, do you know what? What better way to kick off this podcast than talk to a guy that I admire as a singer-songwriter, I think is an amazing person, and has taken on quite a deep and impactful project in these five stages of grief so uh, without further ado strap in and let's get to know the brilliant jack hinks just a little bit better hello mr jack hinks how are you doing i'm good thank you luke how are you yeah i'm good i'm good it's, it's great to catch up with you again we had such a last such a you last, too. it's been, it's been too long <laughs> yeah <laughs> No, it's great. Well, I thought it'd be... Sort this of... time we don't have Fee holding us back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I Sorry, Fee, I'm only kidding. Love you, son. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, I'd, I'd kind of like to get to know Jack, you as an artist, mm -hmm. a little bit more. So kind of, do you want to kind of give us what kind of got you into music? So I guess I've always been into music. Um yeah my parents would always be playing like quite a 
quite a wide variety of music around the house and in the car. Um, yeah. And I think um, a lot of it just really clicked. I, I don't know if, if it was maybe the uh, the bands or the artists in particular that they were playing that I really locked in with, um, yeah. or if it was just if I would have locked in with anything. But I definitely, I still really like um, the artists that I was exposed to as a as a, as a kid so i think that probably says says a fair amount of where my tastes and yeah. where my um influences come from um and i think i just I, I was always um i guess a very dramatic child um i was <laughs> always always into the idea of um acting and theater yeah. and the arts and for the longest time as a kid i wanted to be an actor when i grew up um okay and always had had this interest in i guess performance and stage dynamic and being able to present a part of yourself whether it's whether it's you or a character uh, yeah. i always thought that was really interesting and fascinating and i guess as time went on and i started to explore whether i could do music myself and my interest in guitar after i started learning and i'd always been singing as a kid yeah. um in and out of some vocal groups and choirs after school and stuff like that um where i was i was i was frequently singing even if it wasn't to a project or for performance i was just singing in the back of a car or whatever yeah you're um, just always doing the la 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 and all that kind of yeah, stuff of course earworms and things like that <laughs> exactly yeah. um and uh yeah i think the two the idea of of um music and the aspect of performance kind of met somewhere in the middle and when i when i started learning guitar and getting to the point where i thought you know i, I think i'm actually quite good at this i could do i could um consider performing music yeah um and ever like essentially since i picked up a guitar i was more interested in coming up with music and coming up with little riffs and chord progressions yeah more so than i was interested in learning other people's music so it felt like my my writing and my ability to express myself kind of grew with my um understanding of the guitar and and music and how everything was put together so i think it, there, there came a point where um i was i was a good couple of years maybe maybe a year a year and a half into learning guitar i was getting the hang of it i was yeah. writing writing bits here and there um i was also performing in like a local drama group um i was not not many people at least in the music industry know this but i was uh i did highboard diving and gymnastics for seven years oh, okay. um, so and also go-kart racing backflips on stage and all that did the whole matt bellamy thing from you i mean <laughs> i could try but I don't, I don't think it would work nearly as well as when i was 14 yeah um but uh, it kind of came to this point where i realized i was doing a lot of different things yeah and something had to give and i realized that the only thing i particularly really cared about anymore was was music so i basically um the performance i when i got a little older i started going to a a group in edinburgh i dropped diving i dropped racing and i yeah. just thought yeah, yeah i just want to play guitar that that that's what i want to do with most of my time now um so i guess i just started writing and then eventually uh performing and gigging and 
being parts of like your first high school band and playing the, yeah. the school rock night and all <laughs> yeah, the classics. It's all cool um, and your guitars by oh, your yeah, knees. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have crippling neck pain for life <laughs> for that one gig. Yeah, I remember those days. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it all just kind of snowballed from there, really. Oh, no. um, and yeah, I've just been just been going since. Yeah, no, that that sounds incredible because it sounds as well like you're you're really quite into. Not not sort of casual things either, like quite high intensity concentration. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's that's that probably speaks volumes about yeah. myself as a person. I yeah. tend not to go into things as half, or if I do, I go, all right, cool. Well, if I can put half of my energy towards this, then I can do another thing there. But yeah. really, I'll just put my whole energy towards both of them and burn myself out by the time I'm yeah. eighteen. And, <laughs> and Jack, um, yeah, are you I, I, okay? <laughs> I'm fine. Don't worry. I'm, I burnt I burnt out years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just just coasting in the in the wake of it. Yeah. <laughs> Was the comfort zone the sort of be all end? Mm-hmm. Or when did you sort of start sort of really committing to writing a song and thinking I'm going to try and release something here? I guess um, I did my first gig. I think I was still 14 at the mm. at the local pub. Um, my guitar teacher. Um, was doing a gig there and um, basically asked if we wanted to me and my friend Calm who was playing bass with me at the time um, we were playing I think maybe two two songs that I'd written yeah. um, and it was it was my first gig and, and first time I'd ever been allowed in the pub because I was still very <laughs> underage um, so it was, it was exciting things were happening and I thought you know what I really like that I'm gonna I'm gonna try and write more I'm gonna practice more um, yeah. and when I was, I think, I think when I was 16, um, I was still quite frequent in and out of Edinburgh, um, mm. despite still living in the borders and still being at school at the time. Um, yeah. I uh, went to like some, some friends that I'd made within bands um, in Edinburgh. They'd suggested that there was this um, like government-funded scheme about getting like new songwriters and musicians and like young musicians into the studio for the first time and give them an experience of recording and yeah and tracking a song especially if it's one of their songs yeah um and i got got involved in that audition for my part and i got got one of the slots which was ace and went and recorded uh, a single in b-side um yeah. and it went out i think maybe a, it was either a month or a month before or a month after i took was 16 17 wow so i think that was the first time i was like wow i've had an actual experience yeah and like some of the theory behind it of you know how prs for music works how you gotta copyright everything isrcs and all that sort of stuff it was like a it was a bit of a baptism by fire but i think i lapped it all up and i went yeah this is cool it sounds really good and i want to i want to come back to the studio again so i guess i better write more songs let's do it it was literally like you had bitten by the bug 16 dropped essentially yeah recording did it all and all that sort of stuff and was it then just churning out as many songs as possible and occasionally you hit one you're like oh i love that one a little bit i feel like my um my output process i still i still have trouble with um finishing songs i've got maybe 20 25 odd songs that are maybe half done just in my head yeah. but 
it takes quite a lot for me to go I feel like I can finish one today and I'm going to commit to this being the idea or I'm going to put it together Um, so in general I tend not to write songs all that quickly because I I I have many drafts and many versions in my head that I'm still still waiting to feel comfortable with whereas I know I should probably finish them and then go oh well if I want to change it afterwards, I can, but at least it's a playable song at this point instead yeah. of, well, there haven't been that many new songs in a while, so I hope you still like the old ones that took me years to write. <laughs> I could do an encore. I've got one minute of six songs. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's an overture. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Jack Hinks medley. <laughs> oh. Yeah, oh, no, no, it's great. Cause, well, then that kind of lead, leads us in neatly to um, your latest project because mm. you kind of t- tackled quite a big project and was was that kind of just because of lockdowns kind of gave you the time to sort of focus on a wider project or have you always been quite project based when it comes to your music i have always been fairly project based i mean a lot of yeah. a lot of the writing that i do for me um is quite rooted in a concept and most of my songs e- even if the project is just the one song um I go at a song and go, this is what I want it to say, this is how I want it to sound, and it's going to be roughly like this. Um, yeah. And I, I tend to look at everything as as the project, you know, the, the music video, the album artwork, the yeah. song and the sound itself. Like I, I have a very specific image in mind of how I want it to look, but not necessarily like it has to be like this, but I think... You've got a direction I, I to, and a purpose. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I tend to have a mood or a feel in mind for a lot of um, for a lot of projects that I do, and usually it's we've I think we've spoken about this before, but it's, it's usually quite closely linked to um, uh, to a color for me because yes, most yeah, most songs are a color in my head, and I want to try and get that across for each yeah, song so like, that it fits the mood that i have in my head of it yeah yeah because like some people they, they might think hold on what but like <laughs> I, I do it as well at like certain chords mm-hmm. have a color and like d for me is red Ooh. and like b minor is like a turquoisey color Tur- b minor really... is turquoise <laughs> yes yeah w- one of my um one of my it's the turquoise chord <laughs> yeah one of my previous um uh previous releases fabric the the theme and the yeah. color f- scheme for the entire artwork in the video is sort of like light bluish and that's because the song's in b minor and it yeah it <laughs> that fit for me and that made sense it is. um but it's one of these little details yeah, that yeah. i'll obsess over and no one else will probably even care um yeah but it because i remember I everything watched, um, feels intentional for me yeah because have you watched the soloist with, i haven't uh, no but down jr jamie fuck it's an amazing film, but because he's an autistic violin player and when he's in mm. the theatre, you see through his eyes and it's all colours. The music is colours. I was sat there going, that's me. I do that. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. I'll have but to check it's it out. Just, it's just amazing to think that it's it's weird that like we both, B minor is blue. Like G for me is purple. Mm. <laughs> I don't know why. Fair. <laughs> there doesn't seem to be any um, kind of correlation or wise or anything like that, but it just sort of makes sense, doesn't it, when you're yeah, right. Yeah, I remember having this conversation. Things. I remember having this conversation in in um, 
music class uh, when one of my friends yeah. and I were just off in a practice room. I was talking to him about how I see notes and keys as different colors. And yeah. um, and he was like, nah, nah, no way. And and we we were disagreeing about everything because you know how you know how you get those days of the week socks. Yes. And they're usually different colors for the days of the week. Yeah. And and probably the first set of socks that you get makes sense for you unless you disagree with them horribly and throw them out. Um, <laughs> so, for example, Monday to me is yellow, which is mm. which is why when I I built my Stratocaster and sprayed it like hot rod yellow, I called her Monday. Because it just <laughs> that makes sense to me for some reason. Tuesday is orange, yeah, yeah. Wednesday is green, yeah. yada 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 yada. And um, yeah. and we were talking about this, and he had the days of the week socks as well, but they were a different set. So I was like, "This is all wrong." Um, and we were, we were just sitting at the piano, going through lots of different chords and keys, and we were like, "This is this. This is this." No, I completely disagree. And we were just we couldn't agree on anything. And when we got to F, we were like, "F is brown, right?" Yeah, thank you. Next, and we were like, "Wait, hang on." <laughs> Why did we both inherently know that F was brown if you think that this is yeah. a ridiculous concept? <laughs> it's so weird. It's, it's mad. so surreal. And, and like, even, like, weirdly, F for me is green. <laughs> I don't know why. Again, it's it's one of those. It's so different. But like you said, then some, like we met B minor, he's both blue for us, but then mm -hmm. everything else is completely different. It's the weirdest thing. But it's cool. It's really difficult when you're trying to explain to someone, just play the red chord. <laughs> just tell me what it's called. <laughs> You should know by now. Yeah. <laughs> How long have you been playing guitar? Like the red one, then to the purple, then to yellow. It's fine. <laughs> Wait, is C yellow for you? Yes. I knew it because I knew you go in yes, D, G, and C. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a very simple man when it comes to chord progressions. No, but it, it makes sense. And it's, if, if the colours yeah. fit as well, then that makes it make more sense. Like For me, G yeah. is dark. It, it does, doesn't it? G is like sort of like leafy green um yeah. d is blue a slightly lighter blue with hints of gold if it's major and it's dark blue if it's minor yeah see i've got a dark red if it's a d minor mm, light it's red. like if more it's brooding major yeah and then c's kind <laughs> of like, like a minor well yeah a minor for me is brown fair yeah, it's just like a really dull. <laughs> it's, it's such a sad chord. It is. It is pretty sad. You play it, and you're like, oh wow. Yeah, okay. yeah. Which is why I write most of my songs around that. <laughs> oh, there you go. It fits. Is <laughs> some and depressed sludge. <laughs> yeah, that nicely brings us into your five stages of grief project. Um, sort of, because that is it's quite a big thing. From what I think, to try and tackle such deep um processes and such like a well-known thing was it kind of always the plan to tackle those or is it just a case of circumstances and you sort of had ideas going into these kinds of things i think it kind of grew as i started doing it sorry i realized we completely derailed from from yeah, the, no, the original chat do on these kind of things <laughs> let's talk about projects or concepts and i go right so green definitely makes sense for g right um so what color is the five stages of green? i can tell you that i can tell you that. that there you go um but i'll i'll, I'll get i'll answer your, your your first question first yeah. um so the project itself um i think kind of grew as i went because 
the first song out of actually that's probably not true i wrote the songs in a very out of order order because i i hadn't thought of tying them all together they were just separate songs um yeah and that was one thing that i wanted to remain like a point that i wanted to uh still pay homage to with them being part of a concept just i wanted each of the songs to stand on their own and be individual yeah, songs still, still be individuals yeah. yeah yeah um but god um the third song in the series uh mm. that represents bargaining for me at least um was a song that i wrote must have been about six or so years ago and it's been in wow it was in different it was a different draft then. Uh, I'd played it at a few gigs, mm. and then I sat down and went, mm, I'm going to change a couple of bits about it, but give it more of an intention now instead of just uh, a bit bit floaty and maybe a bit sad. It's like now it feels like yeah. there's some, there's pain in there. I need to put some more pain in. Um, of course, <laughs> the missing <laughs> formula. <laughs> yeah. We need more browns and dark greens. Come on. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was... Um, God was a song that I wrote ages ago for a different reason, but yeah. then I guess the meaning of it changed um, yeah. as I started to think of it as a concept. And Jigsaw, I wrote about finally feeling, I guess, okay with yourself and accepting where you're currently at in life after yeah. an experience of loss or grief, because at the time I'd just been dumped. And I was like, well, it doesn't feel great. I'm going to write this song, but I'm starting to feel yeah. like, you know what? Maybe I'm maybe I'm okay as I am where I am right now. Yeah. And then I thought, hmm, that's quite interesting that it's that that this is like most of the writing that I tend to do is somewhat about loss or my own experiences of getting dumped all the time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Um, I'm in a very very happy stable relationship now, so we're all good. Um, there you go. At time of recording. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Right. Well, we might have another EP coming in a couple of years, apparently. Yeah. Um, but um, I'd realised that most of the blanket themes that I tend to write about um, are, are loss or some form of grievance, and I realised yeah. that if every song kind of fits that exact same bracket, then like what could I do to push it further than that and make it feel a bit different and write about things that aren't necessarily just this catch-all term where I write purely about having lost things. And I figured, yeah. well, if loss and grief in itself is a concept that can be, in some senses, broken down into more stages, wouldn't that be a challenge to try and intentionally write something in what would be probably a different direction or a different style for myself? Because I... I tend not to have particularly angry or frustrated music or I, I write things that could be like big chunky distorted riffs but I haven't found a place yeah. for them yet um, yeah and um, one thing that until recently I basically felt like I couldn't do at all is I couldn't write anything that sounded happy um <laughs> <laughs> like everything has to be like a little bit like morose or a bit dark or a little jazzy and just yeah. in general nothing too happy go lucky um yeah it can't can't be too bright <laughs> exactly but then i thought yeah. what's even more harrowing than just face value sadness 
when you think it sounds good, but it's actually broken as hell. And I was like, great, there's a whole other depth there. Why don't we write a song that sounds really nice and pretty, but the lyrics are harrowing. Yeah. And that that's the next single that's coming out, which is going to tie the whole project together, which is denial. It's the idea that everything sounds fine, but there's a deeper undercurrent there that's telling you things uh, aren't you're okay. Going deep. <laughs> going deep. Luke, I'm going deep. It's got layers. Everything has layers. <laughs> Onions have layers. Jack has layers. <laughs> I should leave them out in the... Did you get left out in the sun and sprout little white hairs? <laughs> I'm start, could be starting to go grey. From all the stress, yeah. clearly. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so the project as itself, I guess, kind of took more form when I started realising that loss can be ex- like experimented with through different veins and it doesn't have to just be, I'm yeah. sad. Because I've, I've done a lot of yeah. I'm sad in my songs. So I figured, yeah. why not have a bit of contempt? Why not? Let's spice it up. <laughs> I'm sad and I'm not happy about it. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> well, so so this does sound like quite a project that you were able to kind of flex your muscles creatively and musically and go down those paths that you might not have gone down before. Like, did you find that you were like deliberately going? I'm going to try something because some of them have quite a jazz feel. Some of them, like Plasticast, is your proper crunch rock kind yeah. of kick your teeth in sort of song <laughs> and it's it's sort of like and it, it's great that you managed to measure up the music to the theme is that quite a difficult process to pick the right kind of creative style to match with the stage in a way yeah i think some of the songs because i'd already either started writing them or had written them about unknowingly when i was in that stage of grief in my life anyway yeah. i went oh wait Plasticast is a song that I wrote very quickly after being very angry. And I went, oh, cool. Well, that's probably a distillation of what it is to be angry. That would yeah. fit in anger. Great. That's one ticked <laughs> off. Um, and uh, I, I think once I had an idea of how to do it as like a collective, I thought, okay, I can really hone in on like there doesn't have to be a, a balance of emotions this one can just be yeah like varying degrees of frustration to full-on anger um yeah and and then so my idea i guess is that these are going to be the five singles that are out um on november 19th and that will have been one year exactly to the day since um jigsaw started because that was november 20th and then November 19th um, is going to finish the year. So a year of grief, if you yeah. will. Um, there you go. And you've worked through them all. <laughs> exactly. Um, and <laughs> the idea being that each of the singles are now there. Um, yeah. But in the next year, what I really want to do and what I'm planning on doing is um, writing, I guess, enough Pink Floydy style things that can like really tie it together <laughs> and make it like a a non-stop concept album so it feels like more of an experience instead of here's a cold single that you can listen to separately and picture this so it's yeah. more of like a a start to finish or like a cyclical listening kind of experience yeah um so we can expect short films books <laughs> apps who knows flash mobs who, jack maybe 
<laughs> Jack Hinks help guide. <laughs> <laughs> Warning, your experience well, may differ, may not actually help. Um... Yeah. <laughs> Jack does not take responsibility for anything written in this book. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'll get a ghostwriter, it's fine. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so <laughs> my, my hope was that it would all fit together in the next year. Um, or like yeah. mid next year, I guess once once I've written all the pieces to go in between, and and I want to make the key changes feel quite seamless if I can, because each of the songs are in a different key, and I want it to sort of like up and down and and fit together, um, so that it is just yeah, like one modulate constant. really neatly exactly. So there may be some yeah. challenges along the way, but I, I want to experiment with that and my experience of working with um, poets and spoken word and yeah. trying to like i guess push the uh the medium oh that's a little idea. bit further you could have you could have some spoken word bits in between each track that's the plan <laughs> um but i'm I've get- just spoiled it now i'm sorry <laughs> um but i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to see how it, how the colors work because there are distinctive yeah. colors for each of the tracks and yeah the i've I guess it's it's been really fun mucking around with different instruments as well because in the emperor which is which denotes depression <laughs> um yeah it's um uh the first time that I've worked with um a trumpet player and I wanted to get some oh, brass yeah. in it so that it wasn't yeah so each song had its own different I guess field without it being like it's me strumming and playing a guitar maybe there's yeah. a guitar solo no, i loved there i loved go. the trumpet on the emperor Thank I thought you. it really like well because obviously i wrote a review and i was like trumpet amazing if you want depression you get a trumpet like yes. it's, <laughs> it's just captures it perfectly uh, it, i think it's it really great because again it was like it was just another sort of like because when i interviewed you before you always said you don't like to kind of you find it hard to describe your own sound and style mm-hmm. and all that and it's just great. Like every time I listen to any tracks, it's like I'm on my toes. What, what's what's it going to be included this time? And it always <laughs> sort of blows me away what you managed to achieve. Oh, thank you I so much. Like, I really appreciate that. No, it's fine. And um, do, do, are you kind of working on various? Because obviously, before you started the stages of, or well, not started, but released the first one, you released um, LA. Yes. Um, which was another beautiful track. You. Are you still kind of writing those little kind of solo acoustic ones? Here and there, to yeah. Kind of sometimes take your mind off things. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. I've been mainly focused yeah. on, on um, the the stages of grief project yeah. because with with LA when I put it out, it was kind of like a that felt like the first dipping a toe into I guess self recording as well um, because previously mm. I'd only ever recorded everything at a studio um, and. I wanted to. I'd recorded it effectively as a demo, um, and I'm, yeah. I'm positive that with the amount that I've learned in the last year or maybe year and a half since I released Los Angeles, I'd probably make a better job of it in an audio sense now. But yeah, what I I was a I was a bit held back because I thought, well, it's a demo. It's not been done at a studio. It's it. it I don't know if I'd want to release it if it's not like the version that I'm happiest with, and then I sat down and thought yeah. actually I, it feels right for what it is and it feels pertinent just now because it's a, 
a song about feeling isolated and this was when lockdown had just yeah. sort of sunk in and i thought well maybe it doesn't maybe it doesn't have to be the world's most shiny expensive mic maybe it can be something that yeah fits the mood and something that i can do at home and after i put that out and it was part of my catalog i thought oh so that's possible now and then after yeah after jigsaw and plastic were done because I, I recorded uh both of those before lockdown um yeah. in a studio with with the band and so they were the first two that were set up to be released and i thought well what if i tried doing the next one at home and just see what happens and and try yeah. and i guess get more au fait with um with my engineering and recording as i go and it i yeah. realized that i really really enjoyed that process and doing it at home as well so then it just became well, okay well why don't i do the rest from home and try and give myself the time and op the opportunity to do it at home without feeling like it has to be you know something that has to be nailed in six hours something that i can add yeah. to and and make it feel be really more relaxed yeah and it's been a completely different yeah. experience and i i definitely have been met with stresses of well it's not i'm not sure if it's done because i feel like i haven't had a professional engineer go it's done these are the points that are fixed yeah. and it's done like i i would go ah it ugh. <laughs> this bit sounds a little it sounds good to me but yeah i might be doing it wrong and because i'm not as experienced in uh engineering as i am with like playing or recording in a studio i i felt like yeah. there was danger of me not knowing what i don't know whereas at least yeah. with guitar i have a lay of the land for the most part um so i it it was a challenge especially for the first one to go this is good i have worked at it and it's where it should be and it won't hopefully sound out of place when put in with the other songs that are in the studio and i think as each song's gone on i've, I've really tried to have an end goal of quality in mind and done my best to yeah to fit it and doing it from home there are uh, obviously limitations but i don't think that means you can't do something that sounds studio quality from home yeah well because i remember on your um line check podcast little shout out there um, you talk about kind of home, home recording in that with fiona liddell your co-host and amazing musician who also plays with you doesn't she she does yeah a lot of your tracks and backing all that about how sort of home recording has gotten so advanced in such a short amount of time mm -hmm. yeah like with sampling and the, the the quality you can get nowadays and it's it's it, it's baffling like how yeah. quickly like full bands are recording things from sheds and garages and yeah. all this where it's you think you'd need like a full-on studio for that but like you almost don't anymore and i think it adds character to mm -hmm. a song like with los angeles it was like you said it was done as a kind of a demo to, to begin with but i think that's what gives it that character and helps it stand out a little bit more mm -hmm. is that it's got that it's not got that polished edge yeah, that you can I, sometimes get on a song. Yeah, I don't think the song would have been improved by the guitar part sounding more polished. Yeah. I think it might have taken away from, I guess, the sincerity of it, or, uh, what I hope to get from That's it at least. That's the word, sincere. <laughs> I don't just want to say polished, sincere. It's a very sincere song. Thank you. 
no, it's, 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 it's great. And like I said, Jack, because that was my sort of first song into your music mm-hmm. when you sort of like emailed me and I'd played it and I just fell in love with that song and like it was it was great. And then obviously following you with the Stages of Grief EP, it's just brilliant to watch your process evolve. Thank you. Even over the last year and sort of, sort of it's exciting to hear what's coming next yeah. given the sort of plans that you've teased and that and uh and it should be a very busy next year it should be yeah well all being well as long as everything doesn't yeah. grind to a halt again <laughs> but um <laughs> but i can i can also uh, i can also tease the name of the project as well um because i've been referring okay. to it as the stages of grief for a for, yeah for a while but I, i've had in my head what i wanted it to be as a working title but i didn't want to commit or make it sound potentially yeah even less um approachable i guess to go hey everybody here's my here's my project it's this and people go oh cool what's that again oh it's, it's the stages of grief thing yeah. oh all right cool well why didn't you say yeah. that um yeah but now that i feel like it's hopefully people will have an understanding of what i've been doing considering i've been screaming into the void for the last five releases saying this is what i'm doing um yeah um <laughs> The project, the the working title that I've got for it as a full album is Kintsugi, which is, um, I don't know if you're aware, is um, a form of Japanese ceramic repair. Um, yes. In which... I knew it was Japanese. Yeah, in which you, um, yeah. like, in gluing back, like, broken bowls or mugs or plates together, um, it's, it's all about using, I guess, melted gold leaf and drawing attention to the flaws and the cracks of the piece um instead of yeah trying to cover it up or just getting a replacement and in doing so it becomes part of the piece moving forward and i thought that was a really um thought that was a really appropriate metaphor for grief because i don't think oh i don't, definitely. I don't think grief's a thing that you can ever really revert back from and whilst yeah. whilst you can't um whilst you can't revert back it does become part of you sometimes for the worst, but yeah. over time, usually for the better. And as much as it sucks to be like, oh, you'll build character. That's not what I need, Helen. My heart's ripped in half. <laughs> there are still shreds of my heart under my ex's fingernails. But, <laughs> but, um, it just works. <laughs> but, um, but it is, it is, right in the sense that you know it becomes part of you and that doesn't have to be a bad thing and i think celebrating that can be a very beautiful process and a beautiful thing in itself so i figured that it, yeah, it would definitely. be an appropriate title for grief being as i see it, a very cyclical part of life and that doesn't have to be yeah. a bad thing no that it's it's an amazing title as well because acceptance isn't the end yeah it's you accept it and you live with it like i said i, th- I think that's a uh... That's an amazing title. Thank you. When you said it, I was like, wow. <laughs> I would never have guessed that in a million years. <laughs> Thank you. It's brilliant, Jack. And um, obviously with lockdowns eased, you've got to go out there and uh, perform a little bit. Have you managed to perform any of your songs so far? Or has it been sort of like just functiony things it's and things been, like that? It's been functiony stuff so far. But um, I've got, yeah. um, I think, two gigs um, coming up in early December. Um, that I'll be yeah. that I'll be doing some of my own stuff with and uh, performing with Fee as well, and my hope is that early next year when um when there's a bit more time and a little bit of a break from 
from the function season and people getting married all the time um yeah <laughs> i'll be able to uh, get the the band together to to work more on on my stuff and uh hopefully create what would be a live set of the of the ep start to finish and um do it yeah. with the full band so that that can be part of gigs going ahead and i'd, I'd love to get out and be doing more of my stuff because i feel like whilst i've been focused on recording and releasing a lot i feel like i haven't been performing or i haven't performed any of my stuff in ages it'd be really nice to get yeah. back out there that's jack it's it just sounds so exciting and i would definitely do my best to try and get up it'd be to, lovely uh, to have you there to try and catch one of these shows yeah it'd, be, it'd just be amazing jump jump in the uh the old van and get up there as soon as possible <laughs> or we could come down to birmingham well yeah or, or that either either meet in the middle <laughs> yeah, sounds good oh no jack it's been great catching up with you again and it's, it's always a pleasure to, to chat with you and and just always a pleasure to listen to your music as well thank you it, it, it really no is problem. very rewarding knowing that that you're listening and you you get it because i feel like not a lot of people yeah um care about um the the intricate details as much as the artist and that's 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 the way it yeah. is but it's, it's really lovely to to see you understand what i'm trying to do <laughs> and it, it really makes yeah, it all well, that's, that's kind of what i like it's what i like to do like even on my radio show i don't, I don't like a lot of people might just read the press release give it a deal, but but i like to kind of try and acknowledge that like i get what you're saying i can hear it because like, i said to someone the other day there's for me there's a difference between listening and hearing listening mm -hmm. is quite a passive act but hearing yeah is you're properly like digging engaged yeah and like even when I, when I review your work i can't i have to kind of stop myself sometimes from digging too far i'm thinking right i'm going out the other end now <laughs> <laughs> i'm already putting stuff there that jack will go uh, i didn't know that <laughs> <laughs> but if it makes it seem like i've got even more layers works for yeah me. <laughs> <laughs> the seven circle makes you sound like a writing genius <laughs> No, Jack, again, it's been a pleasure, and I really do look forward to hearing the rest of the um, Kintsugi project. Thank you. The pleasure has been all mine. So there you have it. That was episode one slash five of Barstool Music's A Safe Space. Um, hopefully you enjoyed it. It was a great pleasure chatting with Jack and just getting to know the deep crevices of his mind and how it all works and how he creates such amazing music um, if you did like the little sample of his latest single that you heard it's out now you can head over to Spotify Apple Music and get it there and while you're there you might as well give him a follow and check out the rest of his songs in his um, newly dubbed Kintsugi project also if you'd like to give him a follow across social medias it is at jack hinks music um he's very active on there so do not hesitate to go give him a like and a follow um and of course if you want to get in touch with me let me know how this podcast went you can leave a comment leave a review um, on your preferred podcast platform uh, please don't hesitate to subscribe as it really kind of lets me know that people are out there listening and enjoying what i'm doing and also you can email me barstoolmusicuk at gmail.com and just drop a little message and let me let me know how you thought this first episode went uh, let me know if there's anything i, I can do better 
better anything that is sounding really good um, i really really do appreciate any feedback you can get and be sure to subscribe as next week in episode two slash six i'll be talking to the brilliant soul singer from bristol and that is michaela fedesco so once again thank you for listening to the Barcelona music safe space podcast i've been luke knowles my guest this week was jack hinks hope you enjoyed it and until next week keep safe